The program that you are about to hear was recorded in 2015 as I interviewed my mother and my father who were about to celebrate their 59th wedding anniversary. On March 1st of this year, 2023, I lost my father and a year earlier I lost my eldest sister. My belief is that my father followed my sister because of his great love for her, his firstborn. This interview was authorized to be aired at this time by my mother, who wondered, do you really think people are going to learn anything from this? To which I replied, yes. They're going to learn how I became the person that I am. So I hope that you will stay with us throughout this broadcast and join us for a longer version of this interview on Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Monday morning at 1 a.m. However, that won't be the entire interview because there's only so much time in a radio clock. So you'll need to go to SoundCloud and the interview itself in its entirety will be made available on Monday morning after 1 a.m. So I hope that you will take a listen to the entire interview. I will be creating a video that will be posted up on YouTube using images of myself and my parents. So I hope that you will stay tuned to tell me your story as my parents tell me their story. Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us. Our regular broadcast comes your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We archive these programs at richarddugan.com, the radio show's page, and we normally stream live at richarddugan.com. But as I said, this is a special program because today we're going to be talking with Les and Sylvia Dugan. Yes, they are my parents, and I'm so happy that they have agreed to join me on the program. Thank you so much, all the way from Phoenix uh, via Skype. Yep. Thank Hello. Uh, it's great to have you here, and of course, um, the one of the things that I would like to start out uh, doing is, of course, acknowledging the fact that uh, we are, at the time of this uh, uh, conversation, just shy of your 59th wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah. Which is, again, in this day and age here in the 21st century, which is rather remarkable that uh, anybody would be uh, married for 60, 59 or 60 years in a second or third, let alone your first and only marriage. That's, uh, I would have to say that's probably got to feel pretty good, pretty doggone good. It does feel it does. very good. We have a lot of friends who are also um, in that category. So we're very, very happy about that. After all these years, through all the laughter and the tears, after all these years, our faith is stronger than the fears. If you ask me now, if I love you still the way I did before. No, after all these years, Grow strong and sure After all these years 
much more Welcome back to this very special edition of Tell Me Your Story, where I interview my mother and my father, Les and Sylvia Dugan. My father left this earth on March 1st of 2023, and in honor of him and paying tribute to both my mother and father, who at the time of this interview were about to celebrate their 59th wedding anniversary. They almost made it to 66, June 3rd, and I also found out during this interview why they chose the 3rd of June, and you'll hear that in just a few moments. My father, despite his misgivings about making impressions upon the six of us, left us with a legacy that we will all treasure for the rest of our lives and look forward to meeting him on the other side one day when it's our time we now continue with this very special interview with les and sylvia dugan here on tell me your story well that's one of the things i wanted to talk about was friends because obviously uh as uh, you have you you've come into this world uh both of you uh in your 80s now uh born in the midst of a very difficult time for most people, the depression. Um, and yet you managed to uh, get to this point where you, you garnered a lot, uh, an incredible, I'll call it support system or network of people that stay in touch with you. You stay in touch with, you might even vacation with speaking of which you folks have been all over the place, including China, which was, I'm sure uh, an exciting trip. We might get a chance to talk about, but tell me about uh, not necessarily by name per se, but some of the, the long lasting relationships that you have developed uh, over the many years that have maybe even shaped you didn't think of them at the time as mentors, but maybe looking back, they were people who really shaped your lives and the way that you are today. Maybe, uh, Sylvia, you could start. Well, my first uh, support system, I would call it, was my family. My, my parents, my uncles and aunts were very, very uh, prominent in my life. And I had a, came from a... a father who had lots of brothers and sisters and uh, they were all very very supportive uh, throughout my childhood and then also I lived in a small town where everybody knew everyone and your parents uh, friends were your mentors too they were there all the time they looked out for you they advised you and then your neighbors I have a neighbor who I uh, went through school with, and she's still a very dear friend of mine. And then cousins were also very prominent in our lives. Um, I have a cousin, three cousins that I still correspond with. Uh, a lot of them have passed away, but they're still. Uh, and then I have a great many cousins, about 20, 23 cousins on my father's side. Uh, I wasn't uh, as close to them because they were a lot younger than I was. So I was mainly 
nurtured by my uh, aunts and uh, and a few school teachers, but just uh, childhood friends. And then as I went on to school, I had other friends that I still correspond with. Before we jump over to Les, uh, where were you born and raised? Florence, Arizona. Okay. And uh, Les, how about you and your your cadre of uh, friends and pals and what have you? Well, <clears throat> you mentioned uh, the recession. Of course, I was just a small child during the recession. We never lacked for food and uh, housing. We so we didn't know that there was a recession going on as that children. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a lot, but we we didn't know that we didn't have a lot. We were just exi- uh, living and uh, doing our daily uh, things. As we grew older and went to school, I had friends during during the grades growing up uh, and uh, high school, I got uh, to into a bunch with a, with a bunch of friends. We used to call ourselves the happy gang. And uh, <clears throat> we ran around together uh, in high school and even after high school. Uh, some of my good friends uh, have passed away. Uh, I've got a couple of friends that I still uh, keep in touch with. Well, I'm curious as to how and why you called yourselves the Happy Gang. We were just always happy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Short and simple and to the point. Welcome back to this special edition of Tell Me Your Story, where I interview my mother and father, Les and Sylvia Dugan, back in 2015, prior to their 59th wedding anniversary. My mother and father, at the beginning of their relationship, had a very deep faith, which they have even more so today. However, they did not really feel that strongly about institutional religion, which you'll hear about as we continue. However, 
their influence on me in regards to the faith that I carried and carry to this day, though I may not call myself a Roman Catholic, let alone Byzantine Catholic, as I was when I was in my first marriage to my former wife. I went out to the Santianez Mission in Sa in Solvang, California, back on March uh, 6th or 7th, uh, to purchase a few things that I thought my mother might like. My wife picked them out, and I picked up what is a um, set of very large rose branches with very thick thorns and then very small little um, flower petals that were placed on the horizontal bar of the cross that I was originally going to place in his casket before he was buried. And then I was notified before I went to Phoenix for my father's memorial that he was cremated. And I carry those remains with me to this day, and one day I may very well scatter them somewhere, but I am holding my father close to me because I loved him very, very much. I also asked that at the mission if they could say a mass for my father. As a matter of fact, two masses, one on the 10th of March, 2023, on the day of his memorial, and then on the 13th of August of this year, which was it would have been his 92nd birthday. I attended the service at the San Inez Mission on the 13th of August and was warmly welcomed. I met Father Peter, a beautiful, short little, white-haired Irishman, wearing green vestments with the Virgin Mary embroidered on the front of his vestments. And... As is custom at that particular church, he will go up and down the aisle, blessing each side of the congregation. But he had me go up to the altar to get my father where he had placed him. And he said, we want your father in a place of honor. And that touched me dearly. He had me get my father and I stood in front of him facing the congregation. And he said a beautiful prayer. And he blessed my father and I with the holy water. It was a beautiful ceremony. People would come up to me as they were returning from receiving communion. One woman put her hand on mine and offered great condolence and blessing. And I was most appreciative to that congregation at 930 on that Sunday morning, August 13th, 2023. I then decided, you know, Dad... We never have really taken a ride, even though I was very privileged to turn the tables on that tradition of fathers taking their sons to a ball game. I took my father to two Diamondbacks games back in 19, 1999, I think it was. And it was such a wonderful thing to be able to do for my father. He doesn't see really well. I should say he doesn't. He didn't see real well. And so we got down from the nosebleed section and we went into TGI Fridays, which was facing home plate from the outfield. Large big screen TV that he could see. And we sat, had a beer, had some food and a wonderful conversation. 
My father was a beautiful man, as my sisters and brother will attest to his level of loyalty and honesty and commitment, not just to us, but to his wife, Sylvia. And you will hear that in this interview. And without further ado, we now take you to part three of this interview with Lesson Sylvia Dugan. A reminder that the longer version will be available on Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. and then Monday morning at 1 a.m. here on this station. I will post the whole interview, an hour and eight minutes, along with some songs that we sang and recorded for my parents one Christmas. All six of us got together and presented that to him and her, my mother and father. So without further ado, here is the next segment of Tell Me Your Story with Les and Sylvia Dugan. The process of uh, heading <clears throat> heading into, uh, uh, especially going uh, into uh, college and so forth, or, or getting a higher education and what have you, uh, even today is daunting um, economically, among other things. But I'm curious as to what your thoughts were as you were going through the the, the, the primary and secondary uh, uh, grades as to uh, what each of you had thought, the, the old proverbial question, what do you want to be when you grow up as compared to what you became when you finally reached that age of grown up? Well, I really didn't know what my strengths were or what I really wanted to do, but nursing seemed to come up and and I embraced that because I knew there was a school in Tucson that that I could go to and um, I wanted to get out of uh, Florence I was really tired of it and so um, I wanted to go to college but that was uh, my father said no so (laughs) that was no because I didn't feel I would learn anything that would be useful for my uh, to be able to support myself. So I went on to, to nursing and uh, I did want to, I did want to go on and I did later uh, junior college. And I've of course studied, um, taken many courses and, and I, I'm interested in a lot of things and I just read a lot and, and enjoy uh, studying, uh, and, but I always wanted my own children to have that opportunity to go to college and to further their education as much as they could, just just for the sheer joy of it, because it, it broadens you so much. Hmm. And you, Les? Well, uh, I when I was growing up, I didn't have the slightest idea of what I wanted to be. I just didn't want to work as hard as my dad did he was a a laborer and and uh didn't really uh, make a lot of money and which is not a not the uh, uh, my goal to make a lot of money but i wanted to make more than he did so uh i uh actually got out of high school, stayed in high school, and graduated from Coolidge High School in 1950. And uh, then, as it uh, happens, I met Sylvia 
she was a really in my corner uh, encouraging me to go on and and uh improve my education the first thing i did is i enrolled in a in a class a correspondence course on uh, electricity and and repair radio and television repair um, back when you could repair something like that mm-hmm. um, and uh, i got interested in computers and uh, that spurred me on to want to learn more about computers so i enrolled in uh, phoenix junior college and uh, i after um, taking a two years course that took about six years (laughs) because i was working full-time also and we were raising a few kids I graduated uh, with high honors and with a lot more knowledge about computers. Is there something in particular about uh, electronics and or computers that was intriguing? What was it about it that was so intriguing to you that you wanted to learn about it? I wanted to know how electricity worked. And I I had some idea, but not not enough of the the uh the technical parts of it and, and today this, this this pardon me i say and today do you know how it works <laughs> i do well that makes one of us because i'm still trying to figure it out and keeping myself from getting electrocuted <laughs> good idea At, yeah now, what's interesting to me also is uh maybe where each of you were in your teens and 20s in particular, uh, maybe even around the time that the two of you had met, uh, as to uh, your maybe sort of your your personal philosophy. I mean, you know, we're at that age, we're all searching. So uh, where were you coming from uh, at that time? I mean, what what did did you could you look back and define uh, your philosophy in life? Philosophy. The thing you lived by. Oh, well, the things I lived by were um, mainly um, attached to the church, the Catholic Church. that they had and uh, they seemed to be pretty good things to live by you know the Mm -hmm. ten commandments and uh, being good to people and uh, 
not lying and being truthful to yourself was a biggie. Um, so those things um, were good for me, I felt, at that time. They helped guide me. And uh, that's where my philosophy was and for the main part, yeah. And and to to build on that, how has that uh, evolved in the last, say, 60 years or so? For me, uh, I've been disillusioned with the uh, religion, the tradition of the religion. I don't really go along with that anymore. Um, but I developed a closer relationship with, with my God. And uh, that has evolved quite a bit. And that's where my foundation is today. I, I have a prayer time every day, twice a day. And I've gained a great deal of peace from it. And uh, I keep growing in that direction. Mm -hmm. And Les, how about you? When you were in your teens, 20s, and what have you, did you have sort of a, a philosophy you lived by, uh, something along those lines? Well, I am sure I did. Uh, just try to be honest and do the best you, you can, at, uh, uh, although I didn't always do that. But... Uh, I I never thought that much about it. My mother, my mother came from a a Mormon background, and my dad. I don't know. Uh, he didn't uh, uh, have a great religious background, as far as I know. We didn't really talk much about that, uh, and and we didn't really go to church much. I until. Uh, in our family, uh, I'd go to to a church occasionally. I sang in the choir of a of a church uh, from time to time when I was uh, uh, in out of uh, when I after I graduated from from high school. Um, I didn't go start going to church until Sylvia, I met Sylvia and we got married and we started going to the church regularly. And uh, it just wasn't something I thought a lot about uh, philosophy and that type thing. Just, just be the best you can be, I believe, uh, is the way I... Uh, I lived and, and how, still do. And how has that evolved uh, since then? Well, we, I don't, I joined the Catholic Church and not really, uh, mainly for Sylvia's, so we could be a family together. Mm -hmm. But as the years went by and the more I learned and about the the way things happen behind the scenes, I got delusioned uh, very, very much 
So I believe in God. I I pray, and uh, uh, we say grace at meals, and and uh, but I don't really like the the organized religions. There's just too many different uh, conflicts. Uh, I still believe in God, and I think I always will. But going to church, probably not. Now, you mentioned something about singing in the choir and so forth. So I want to dive into this with both of you. How important and or what role uh, did music play in your early years and also in the years uh, of, of raising children? Well, I also uh, sang in the choir when I was a, a teenager. And uh, we sang in the choir when we got married at, at St. James. It was a big thing. Uh, we both enjoyed music. In fact, the first, uh, when we were dating, uh, you probably heard the story about when your dad invited me to his house to listen to this Seven Dreams, and uh, that became something very special for us. It, I was had never heard it before, and uh, it really uh, was exciting to hear. And so he always had music, good music in the house, and that was a real plus for all of us, I think. And then we wanted you all to learn how to sing and 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 enjoy music as much as we did. We wanted you all to be able to play an instrument, but unfortunately no one really, except Jeanette, she's the only one that continued with hers. But anyway, you all got a touch of it. You all were exposed to it, and that was the main thing, that you would be exposed to good music. And of course, then we all went around at Christmas singing your Christmas carols, which was a lot of fun, and I think everyone enjoyed it. But uh, music is still very important to us. Uh, we uh, listen to it on the, in the car all the time. That is, I hate to be listening to the news in the car because it's not only distracting, but it's depressing. So we have our station set for music only, no news. <laughs> that's how important it is to us. Well, I'll say that's smart. How about you, Dad, Les? Well, I've always... Uh, uh, loved music when I <clears throat> when I uh, got out of well even before I got out of high school we I learned all the songs I'd listen to the the Saturday Night Live uh, uh, hit, hit parade played all the popular music musics of the week I learned words I'd I'd sing a lot when I. When I uh, when I was working at the uh, newspaper and I was uh, working on the printing press, it makes a lot of noise when it's running. But I would sing and sing and sing, and nobody would hear me, but I heard myself. And uh, when I started working after I got out of high school and had my own money, I used to buy. Uh, uh records that was back when they had the 78 
RPM, uh, you'd buy a record for 99 cents. It had uh, one song on each side. And I had a big collection of those. And then along came the 45 RPMs. And I had a big, because they had probably two songs on each side. And I had a big uh, collection of those where a lot of my money went. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and then uh, the 33 and a thirds came along and you had a, a, a four, five, six songs on each side. And uh, I then was the cassette tapes and it just evolves on. Now I don't have any records. I don't have any cassette tapes, but I have a lot of music on my computer. And we have the satellite radio in the car where we can listen to music, as Sylvia said. So music has always been important to me. I used to sing in a, in a quartet, a uh, barbershop quartet, for a, a, a time when we, were, when we were living in Coolidge. And uh, so it's always been important to me and to the both of us and, and to all the kids. I know uh, when, the, when the new kind of music came along, I had a hard time with that, and I still do. I still like old cowboy music and, uh, and the, the songs that were popular in the 50s. Uh, I still love those. We listen to Lawrence Welk every Saturday, too. <laughs> Out in the West Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love with a Mexican girl. Nighttime would find me in Rose's Cantina, music would play and Thurino would whirl. Blacker than night were the eyes of Felina, wicked and evil while casting a spell. On that note of music, my father and I, as I mentioned, took a drive following the service up the 101, and I decided that on that drive, he and I would listen to one of his favorite artists, who you just heard at the end of the last segment, Marty Robbins. And I've been listening to him now for, for days since that memorial, since that church service up at, in the San Inez Mountains at uh, Solvang at the San Inez Mission. And I now know why. My dad loved cowboy music, country music, as well as other classical music of his day, of the 50s. And that's one of the reasons why our family loves music so much because my parents gave us that opportunity, shared that with us, and we share that with you. I will also share with you my final words at my father's memorial, which was held on March 10th of this year. And I knew that I had been named after my father, his name being Leslie Richard, and he named me Richard Les. And it really hit me as I walked up to the podium at the chapel uh, that we were at there in, um, I think it was Phoenix. It might have been uh, Chandler or Scottsdale, be that as it may. And I introduced myself very proudly 
I am Richard Les Dugan. The legacy of Leslie Richard Dugan. And basically, I had started writing a song for him and about him back in November of 2022 that started, Oh, Daddy, you know how much I love you. Oh, Daddy, I know how much you care. Oh, Daddy, I wouldn't be the man I am. Oh, Daddy, if you had not been there. I, I'm, I want to delve just a little deeper into the issue of music, uh, and because we've talked about it so many times on this program, uh, the not just the influence, but the effect that music has. And of course, Sylvia, you made the comment about having only music on in the car, no news. H how does, for each of you, how does listening to whether you're listening to cowboy music or Lawrence work, what have you, how does that make you feel? Great. <laughs> it just lifts you up. It just really does. Especially if it's good music, if it has good sound. And we, what we listen to on the radio in the car is usually instrumental. But I, I took piano lessons when I was about nine or 10. For about six months, my music teacher moved away. But um, so I didn't get a chance to really get into it, and I always loved it. And I also took uh, steel guitar lessons for maybe got one lesson before we moved, but I did get my steel guitar. And um, I participated in a uh, amateur hour at the theater in Florence one time. I got came in third place, which wasn't much, but anyway. Uh, it just, it just uh, is just a part of your life. It becomes a part of your life, your soul, your your being that uh, that just lifts you up, and you just there's no other way to explain it. Right? For me, anyway, about you. Well, that's the what you've said is uh, goes for me too. Except the piano lessons, I never took those. I had a. I had a, uh, a ukulele oh, yeah. that I used to play. I still have it, but I don't play it anymore. I I always enjoyed uh, harmonicas. I uh, don't play one of those very often anymore, but I still have one. Um. And speaking of what, how things make you feel, how music makes you feel, uh, we went to a concert uh, last week um, and, and listened to the present-day Sons of the Pioneers. Mm. That just thrilled me no end. I love that. <clears throat> I just sat there and listened to them and enjoyed every minute we sang along with them sang just, sang along with them and uh, had lovely voices and yelled and hollered and clapped <laughs> and it was wonderful well i i couldn't agree with you more from that standpoint as far as the importance of music
Welcome to this special edition of Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. This is a special edition because it's an interview that I conducted with my mother and father, Les and Sylvia Dugan, back in May of 2015, when they were just shy of their 59th wedding anniversary. I hope you enjoy this program. The reason I am bringing it to you is because it gives an insight into why and who I am because of my parents and the lessons that they learned, that they shared with me and my siblings, and that I have shared with you through many, many, many guests that we've had on this program. So I hope you'll enjoy this insight into Dr. D. Richard Dugan, as well as my mother and father. As of this particular recording, my father passed away March 1st of this year, and I do miss him dearly. At the same time, I'm glad that he is no longer in that body that confined him to very poor vision and very poor hearing and a lot of instability. And I think about him almost every day, especially because I was able to acquire some of his possessions through my mother when I was there for his memorial service. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And what you will hear at the end of this interview is music that my brother and four sisters recorded for them that year before Christmas, providing them with a CD that they could listen to of their children singing Christmas carols that they shared with us, that we shared with our neighbors when we went Christmas caroling. So I hope that this is of interest uh, to you, and uh, I hope that it, sh it will share with you some things that I learned as I was growing up that I now carry as part of my family's legacy. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for the 9 a.m. special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We're also podcasting these programs on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we are also on YouTube where you can subscribe. Or at least click the notification. And then we also ask that if you can, spend some time in that quiet, peaceful, calm, still place and listen to that still, small voice as I have been doing for the better part of my life. Enjoy this very special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Tell me your stories, I'll do my best to understand you. 
Welcome back to Tell Me Your Story. We're talking with Les and Sylvia Dugan, and it's on the verge of their 59th uh, wedding anniversary. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, I think, uh, in this uh, segment of our program, because um, it's a significant uh, uh, event that led to a very large family, of which I am a part, and uh, um, some some quite exciting times i must i must admit as well so when the two of you met were you looking or did you just happen to come across each other and it was like the universe says okay bring these two together it's time the universe talked to me but i don't think it talked that loud to Sylvie <laughs> at the same time no i was not looking i did not I did not care to get in into another relationship. I had just finished one, and <clears throat> I really was not looking. But when I met your dad, um, it just—he was just such a nice guy that I, I thought, well, you know, there's possibility here, and uh, and he took it off. He took off from there. He wrote me a letter, and and then we met again at another party, and. And uh, found out we were both from uh, Coolidge and Florence, and and uh, just ten miles just apart. Ten miles away, and I had just graduated from nurses training and went back home. And he started uh, courting me, and and uh, we became engaged, and we were married about what nine months after we met, <laughs> something like yeah. that. Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, I just couldn't pass him up. <laughs> we met at my uh, 25th birthday party. A friend of one of my uh, high school buddies uh, who was at the time going to the University of Arizona uh, had a gathering together uh, for my birthday. And uh, one of uh, my friends, my uh, one of my other friends, girls' friends, uh, brought Sylvia along, and I was just really uh, taken right from the first moment I saw her and her and spoke with her, and I had no idea she lived so close to me all those years, and uh, so. Where am I going with this? Uh, well, had you either considered the prospect of having what to some would be such a large family? Yes. Even at that time? Even at that time, because that was one of my requisitions. That I wanted a large family. And, and I wanted to know that he would want one too, or that he would at least, you know, consider it. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to marry somebody who didn't want children, and that would not be good because I wanted children. She told me she wanted a large family and a large house. Well, our house wasn't so large, but we've we've bought three houses in our lifetime. And uh, so the the one we live in is the smallest of the three, but it's still... Well, I don't know. The well, the first, the, the first house small. was pretty small, too. Yeah, we, it's just two bedrooms. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, uh, yes, we were open to the 
to the idea of a large family. And everybody told me I was crazy. Why do you keep having so many kids? I am so happy that I I have all of the children that that we have, and everybody is doing well. So we must have done something right. Well, considering the fact that you not only have your children, grandchildren, but also a great-grandchild, that's four generations. As a matter of fact, I was going through some old photographs that I just happened to be uh, flipping through the other day, and I came across uh, a photograph of the four generations sitting at a family reunion. Of course, uh, of course, you were there, Sylvia, and then Jeanette was there, and Hannah uh, was there as an infant along with your grandmother, uh, Nana. Mm-hmm. What? I'm, I, I, and I don't ask this necessarily flippantly or or, for, for, or facetiously, but I'm. What does that mean to you? To not just to be great grandparents, but to have that kind of, shall we say, lineage and legacy. Well, don't really think about it that much, Richard. <laughs> it's just, it just happens. It is, you know, that's life. That's what you expect life to be. You expect to have to be surrounded by your loved ones, and and for the generations to continue, if that is to be the way it is. Um, we just feel very, very fortunate that we're we're alive. We didn't expect to live this long, to tell you the honest truth. Yeah, I heard that when Dad's at seven at his seventieth birthday. <laughs> and so, so it's kind of like uh, a gift that we are able to do this, and we're able to still be here to see them all and to participate in everyone's life a little bit and to just see them all grow. You know, the three. Uh, biological granddaughters um, are very special to us and and we've been privileged to have some stepchildren that are are also our grandchildren and it's fun to watch them growing we've been very very fortunate to to be able to live to see our great grandchild as she's she is just precious to us well you do realize that both of you have incredible longevity on both sides of your families well so you do realize there is the distinct possibility of maybe becoming a great great grandparent i doubt (laughs) (laughs) that's assuming you want to live that long but well both of my parents got in their 60s so i really didn't expect anything Um, unless has more longevity longevity on his side than I do. Mm. So uh, I had one grandmother who lived to be a hundred and that was it. That's mm-hmm. the only oh, claim okay. I have to longevity. Okay. <laughs> well you know, uh when you when our children were small, you being one of them, and uh we just I I was working pretty pretty long hours, and uh, Sylvia was working, taking care of all of you, and um, we just didn't, I just didn't have time, I guess I didn't, to watch 
the development of the uh, our our children, but with uh, with this great grandchild watching her grow and evolve and mature is just fascinating. And she is just such a joy to see her as she uh, runs around and she runs everywhere she goes. And, And to see her mastering the English language she hasn't got it yet, but she's only two and a half years old. But she's getting there, boy. She makes herself understood. She makes herself understood. And, and her name is? Lilia, of course. Lilia. Lilia. And uh, I, I want to touch upon some sig- significant moments, if I could. Um, what would you say in this span of... Because uh, obviously we're all still growing and we're still children of yours. I, I'm sure that we're always thought of that way. Uh, what would you say are some of the most uh, profound uh, moments, uh, and quite honestly, good or bad, that that you uh, wish that you could have maybe um, it wasn't possible for you to step in. It just wasn't for whatever the reasons are. But that you you wish that gee I wish I could have helped them helped this one in 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 thus and such a way or supported them or uh, wish I had called or what have you because again all of our lives are in constant motion and 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 so forth uh, and we'd like to be there at every at every beck and call and even parents especially when the kids get older and move out just can't be there all the time. But are there some real high moments and profound moments that you can uh, uh, look back on? And, and again, that gives you that sense of, of pride, if you will. Well, it's always been our philosophy that we uh, let you guys live your own lives. And that was a very um, important part of, of uh, letting you grow. We, we taught you all that we could, and when you set out on your own, we tried to interfere as little as possible, because to interfere in someone's life is really not very fair. It's taking a great deal away from you and saying, you can't, we didn't raise you to think for yourself or to be able to navigate your life. And that's not the way we wanted to raise you. We wanted to raise you so that we could watch you take hold of your lives and run with them, which we did. And I don't really think we have too many regrets on that on that score because things have a way of working out, even though they look really bad at one point. And we would, you know, kind of want to choke you for the decisions <laughs> you made, but still. Mm-hmm. They were your decisions, and you have a right to make them yourself. So we never wanted to interfere with our kids. I hope we didn't, because that would be so unfair to think that we would know better than you what was good for you. That was that was our main philosophy, and that's why we don't dwell on any regrets or wish we had told you something different or 
anything like that because that's the way we've tried to live our lives and we try very hard not to interfere. We do give advice on occasion and we will give our opinion on occasion, but mostly we've been very, very happy and supportive of all of you. And I know too that from time to time, each one has common requested advice and and so now it's solicited and we're looking for guidance because we're looking to people who they've been through some of these things and maybe gee maybe they can help us to avoid some pitfalls so obviously that has always been uh, at least from my standpoint been a great comfort that at least i know that you know if i get stuck here i can go and at least i can get some some guidance maybe some direction or if nothing more uh i can get some moral support uh and and continue forward and i think that's a very very uh, wise uh, wise philosophy indeed in terms of uh where you are today i mean and you've both have been retired for quite a number of years so you i think you've got it down really well uh uh what I mean, and you've traveled quite a bit um, not very much really well maybe not recently but as i mentioned at the beginning of the program you've been to china uh, you spent some time there, which was, I'm sure, uh, very exciting. As a matter of fact, that was another one of these uh, cards that you had sent with your photograph with the two of you on the Great Wall. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, that was one of the reasons I brought that up. But I'm just curious uh, as to what hopes, dreams, aspirations that you're, you're looking at for the near or, or long future. What is your perspective in that regard? Boy. Any, <laughs> any plans? Not long range. We, we're not making any long range plans because uh, we just don't know how our health is from one time to another. We've um, encountered a few things that uh, kind of slowed us down recently. So just navigating through the day to day uh, life is you know, within a year, that's about as far as we can go right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm having more and more trouble of walking long distances, and uh, that slows you down. We still go to the gym uh, regularly, and I keep exercising and trying to keep my my body working. But as the years uh, come along and go along, it, it's, I'm, I'm either not doing enough or the right thing or something. But uh, I, uh, I do have uh, some problems, especially on uneven uh, terrain. It's uh, harder for me to, to, uh, to, to, to get around. Yeah, I can relate to that uneven terrain issue myself, and I I'm getting around fairly well, but still, it's it's uh, it is it can be a struggle, and I'm curious as to what are some of the things uh, I know uh, that Sylvia you had mentioned uh, that you're still um, uh, you know quite a reader as well. I'm curious uh, what what are some of the things that you uh, uh, you do to so to speak um, exercise uh, your mind less. Well, I've took up knitting, and that's a that's a little exercise <laughs> in uh, you know reading the the instructions and things. And uh, I uh, also, well, of course, I read a lot. 
And then uh, with this child in our lives now, uh, it kind of uh, pushes me to come up with ideas for her to keep her occupied. And uh, I spend a lot of time with her, you know, hours at a time, just being her playmate, really, and trying to think of things for her to eat that she will eat and things that she would enjoy. And um, so that takes up a lot of my time. And then keeping track of my uh, siblings and their problems and um, uh, my brother's not in good health right now. I'm concerned about him and uh, some of my cousins aren't doing that well. So just keeping track of everybody to see what's, you know, where you can be of some help here or there. That's mainly what, uh, you know, keeping up the house. Mm -hmm. and, and most of our time is, is spent going back and forth to the gym. I think it's, it's about two or three hours a day and, uh, and shopping, uh, you know, the essentials. And every now and then we get together with somebody and our neighbors, especially, we, we've gotten real close with our neighbors. And we'll, now that Lily is out so much, uh, they come out and talk. And so that's been kind of fun. And it's been raining, and so she had, she likes to go out and, and play in the puddles. <laughs> She's So that's, uh, you know, it's up and down for about an hour or so, so that takes up some time. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, Saturday nights we spend uh, watching Lawrence Welk and all of the British programs. And Sundays are Cecilia and David and the girls sometimes come over, and, and we spend the afternoon. And so, you know, it's our lives are busy, but not excessively so. Still, we keep really busy. You know, just just cleaning up after ourselves. <laughs> just, <laughs> and my job is uh, yeah. is being all the help that I can be, uh, mm -hmm. cooking breakfast and cleaning up the dishes and, and uh, doing the laundry and. Uh, Laying on the computer, and I keep track of all of all of our bills and and uh, the things that we have to to pay and the things we have to do, and and uh, watch TV. And I like to watch the news. Uh, I like to keep up with what's going on. It is depressing. I'll I'll give you that, but I still like to know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, so a lot of times I'll be in uh, one room watching the news. Sylvia will be in the other room doing what she enjoys doing. And, and uh, that's how we spend the days. We go to the gym, as Sylvia said, uh, uh, sometimes five times a week. She has yoga on Tuesday and Thursday, and we have a a uh, exercise class on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So, so we keep going that way, <clears throat> and uh, so we are busy. Uh, and uh, uh, long-term plans. Uh, 
I don't think uh, they're planning to have a have another uh, five year reunion. It'll be our sixty fifth year from graduation from high school. I don't know if how many people we still have to go to a reunion, but we'll see. Yeah, we plan to go uh, at from this this point who knows we still have to take into consideration taking care of lilia Mm. and so we have to fit that in and fit everything else around it and i think we're doing just fine i wanted to jump back to uh, a subject we touched upon a little bit there was a point at which you came to us and you asked our advice collectively in terms of participating in, at that time, marriage encounter within the Catholic Church. It raises the question of how important that, that marriage was to you, but even more so, why was it so important that you would ask us rather than say this is what we're doing yeah, obviously in a kind way you're not this is what we're doing deal with it uh but you know you were the parents and we were the kids and this is the way it was so can you can you share a little bit about that but also the the, the importance of marriage to the two of you the importance was was uh, all important that was our uh, we agreed when we got married that we would we would stay married and we would uh, work at our marriage and uh, keep it alive and and we did. Uh, as far as the marriage encounter, it was really a marvelous experience for me. Uh, it helped me get in touch more with my my uh, inner self and uh, be able to express myself better to Sylvia. And uh, we, we did uh, meet some very nice friends during that time. And uh, we still keep in touch with a f- couple of them. As far as uh, why did we ask you? Well, because it was going we felt it was going to take us away from you uh, for, I guess we didn't know how much at the time, but we did know that it was going to take, take us away and we were going to have to get uh, somebody to, to stay with you when we would go and, and participate when we've had we went to several conventions, which took us away for two or three days at a time. And uh, we just figured you needed some input into uh, our, our family. And we, we still feel that way, that you need to know what's going on. And, uh, and, and give us input if if you have some. We may not agree with it. We may not do anything with it. But you're still free to do that. 
Mm. We we hope all the children feel that way. Sylvia, you have any input? Um. Well, it was something that we didn't really think we needed because we felt we had a really good marriage. But we were so glad we went after we we went. Uh, it, to me, it was it was uh, finding out what love is all about. It was a spiritual experience for me. I uh, I really went into a place where I'd never been before and uh, experienced things I'd never experienced before. I don't share this very often because people can misunderstand it and think you're going crazy. But um, it was an experience that was so extreme that I had to ask to have it taken from me because I couldn't manage it and my daily life. It was just too much. Um, it was like I'd been infused with joy to the point where nothing else mattered. And uh, the things that happened to us afterwards they were put in perspective, like for instance, Cecilia was worried sick that she had she had uh, wrecked the car. She had put a dent in the back of the car, and from my perspective, it just didn't matter one little bit so long as she was okay. Mm. That was beside the point. It really did not matter. My neighbor needed some money to pay her rent. We gave it to her. It didn't matter. I was just in a place I had never been before, and I would love to go back again, but now that I'm older, that I don't know, I suppose I could handle it, maybe not. But anyway, that's something I'll never forget, and I will always treasure. Mm. But the joy was so great that I could actually see a light around people. And I, I got a cramp in my shoulder, and I just knew that if your dad touched it, that it would go away. And he did, and it went. Wow. It was just, it was just like a, living in another world for me. But like I say, I couldn't keep it up because it was just too much. It was... I know I, I had to keep feeding people, I had to keep washing, I had to keep cleaning, and I had to keep going along in my day to day, and I couldn't just be up in the clouds anymore. Mm. So, and that was uh, that was a, a a gift and a regret at the same time that I had to let it go. And it lasted a long time. And you raise uh, an interesting question for me as to, even to this day, the connection the two of you had and have. Mm -hmm. I, I'm wondering if, if, if the two of you can share a little bit about that in terms of not just what you've just uh, expressed, because I, I find that most extraordinary and, and very beautiful um, th that kind of, I'll call it miraculous kind of thing where I know that if he does this, this will happen and boom, it does. But can you, can you share a little bit about this, 
this bond that the two of you have, I'm going to say, forged over the last 59, almost 60 years? Well, I think the thing is that we trust each other completely. And, um, and I know your dad wants my best interests all the time, and I want his. We always have tried to do that for each other, as to make sure that he always has the best that I can give him, and he always is looking out for me. It's like somebody's at your back all the time. Uh, you don't have to worry. And, and people have tried to uh, put a wedge between us by telling us things about each other. And we made a vow that we wouldn't believe anybody until we checked with each other. Mm-hmm. And that has really um, been a good thing to do because they have tried. They, uh, people get jealous of what you have and try to put a wedge between you. And if you believe them, you would be angry with each other all the time. But um, we always made a point of checking with each other to make sure that we heard that, that that's really what, what they were talking about or whatever. Um, that's one thing. And then Marriage Encounter helped us by teaching us how to, um, we, we started by writing letters to each other about some particular subject and how we felt about it. The feeling is, was so important and learning how to express that feeling. We did it in letters at first, but now oh, we, of course, can can do it face-to-face, but in a calm, peaceful way so that we, you know, we're not arguing or fussing or anything. Um, I don't know, we just trust each other. And uh, he's got my back, I've got his back. Absolutely. And I want the very best for him, and I'll do anything in the world for him, and I know he'll do the same for me. It's just uh, the day-to-day living that, and then too, we don't. We're not the kind of people that make jokes about each other's shortcomings. We always felt that that uh, that was hitting below the belt to to make fun of somebody, some your shortcoming that you can't help. Especially, mm. uh, your dad has been wonderful that way. I, you know, I didn't even know that I snored until I was on a trip with my brothers and sister and and uh, my brother said i didn't know you snored so loud and i said well les how come you didn't tell me that i snored he says you couldn't do anything about it anyway he says why should i make you feel bad about it (laughs) and i thought that is the sweetest thing anybody's ever done for me you know that that kind of thing that's uh we felt really sorry for people who who dig at each other about their shortcomings because sometimes you just, there's nothing you can do about some things. And to have somebody that you care about digging at them, it's not helping any. I used to make believe like, when you got married, you get a great big bunch of balloons. And every time that you hurt somebody, you hurt them in your marriage, you pop one of those balloons, and pretty soon you don't have too much left, and the joy goes out of it. Mm. So that's 
That's the philosophies that we've lived by that have made it a good marriage, a very good marriage. I have to say that I am perplexed when I do see couples out in public doing that to mm-hmm. each other. And I'm going, why are you two together? <laughs> exactly. Well, one of my friends got married before we, well, I don't know after we did or before, but anyway, uh, he he and she always were poking at each other. And that, I said, Sylvia, we do not want to do that. That's mm-hmm. That's terrible. That's harmful. Yeah. And we don't. Mm. Uh, we don't. We never have. It's just not the thing to do. Not for us anyway. I guess some people can do it and live with it, but well, you we see, didn't like it. We just didn't like it. You the see thing. these uh, sitcoms where couples are doing that or friends are doing that with each other, and and that's terrible. Yeah. Well, uh, we are fast approaching the end of the hour that you have so graciously given to us to uh, conduct this interview, and I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm going to ask you three questions that I normally do ask of my guests on this program, and uh, feel free to answer them in any way that you choose to. Uh, the first one, um, and I will have, um, I'll have less a- answer first, uh, and then, uh, Sylvia, you can resp- uh, also then give your answer. Who is Les Dugan? Well, Les Dugan is a man that uh, has overcome a lot of hurdles throughout his life. And he is still uh, putting one foot in front of the other. I don't walk too straight anymore, but I still get where I'm going. Uh, I love being alive and being married to Sylvia and spending our days together. I want that to go on as long as it can. Uh, what, What surprised me one time, we were at a Thanksgiving dinner, and uh One of my son-in-laws said to me, since you're the patriarch of the family, will you say grace? I was totally shocked. I never, ever thought I was a patriarch. So Les Dugan is a patriarch. (laughs) And I am a very grateful Child God, that's who I am. What's the next question? Next question is, who inspires you? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh. I, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> My grandmother, um, my mother, uh, my aunts, my Angelo, uh, Oprah. Well, uh, I have had so many people since I was a child 
inspire me a, a, with their help. Uh, my my mother and my dad, even though I sometimes uh, complained about things they would do, I they still inspired me because they they helped me to get to a point. Uh, I had a teacher, well, more than one teacher, help me and and encourage me. Uh, I've had friends that have helped us, and I've I've well, can we pay you? No, they would say you uh, help somebody else. That's payment, mm. and I've always thought that was a a good good way to to pay pay back. Uh, and even now, uh, since I've met Sylvia, she has just been my my inspiration. She uh, encourages me to do what I what I need to do or want to do. So I just have so many people, and our God also. Of course, and uh, it's not just one person, it's mm -hmm. so many. Mm -hmm. I could never have come this far and become what I've become uh, without all these people along the lines helping well, and inspiring. Well, again, I want to thank both of you for sharing this hour with us. Uh, it's uh, been in, I inspiring and in insightful for me, especially, too. And um, again, I'm very grateful for this time, as well as all the time uh, that we've had to, uh, to share together over my 55 years, almost 55 years here. So again, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for asking. Thank you very much, Richard. And uh, another person that inspires me is you. You you have just been a, to see what you've uh, done with your life. All of our kids, they've done and, and, very well. We're and really all, proud of all of them. All of the other kids uh, that uh, have overcome big difficulties to, to get where they are. And uh, we love you all so much. And that's going to wrap up this edition of Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, Les and Sylvia Dugan, are my guests. And until next time, love to law.
Yeah. 
消息写有空，让你的消息写有。Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? Say what may the tidings be which inspire your heavenly songs? Gloria in excelsis Deo. Come to Bethlehem and see Him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. Fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains. 
Oh. 